In a world filled with information, where do you turn to get straight talk about retirement, investments, and your money? Lock it in to the longest-running financial talk show in Arkansas and let us help you build the bridge between information and application. Real financial change begins right here, and it starts with you. It's showtime! Most of us know retirement rules have changed, but do we act on that knowledge? On today's show, how the old three-legged stool of retirement is wobbly in today's world and what you should do about it to have a retirement on solid footing. This is the Get Ready for the Future show. Welcome in to another edition of the Get Ready for the Future show. Always glad to have you along, whether you're watching on our live stream or listening on podcast or radio. My name is Scott Inman, John Shrewsbury to my right, and Chad Roller making his first appearance. He just told us this before we began recording. He has not actually been on the podcast radio show since we changed venues to Little Rock. That's right. That's that, right. Which, by the way, was September of 2021. Been been about a year or so. Wow. So, jo- you know, John sent me off up there north of the river up there to Faulkner County. So I've been hanging out most of my most of my days up there running yeah. the, the Gen Wealth play. So I'm still trying to figure out who let him in the building today. <laughs> oh, well, now we know why this is first appearance. I was just about to say, I do not schedule the uh, third chair or the second chair or even my chair for that matter. Uh, so it's not my fault. So I don't know. I don't not, know. Not why. my fault. I don't either. know why Chad yeah. has hey, been. Hey, it's good to be back down here yeah. with you guys and uh, see you and get to do a, do a little radio and podcast. But you, you guys, uh, you and Teresa are hanging out in our Conway office, yep. uh, making sure that all the folks in Faulkner County and and surrounding areas are are being taken care of financially. Yes, we've got uh, we've we've got a big footprint up there in central arkansas right now we've all the way from pope county all the way to white county uh cleburne county so we are uh definitely kind of spread our wings up there in that central central arkansas north of the river well it's glad to have you we are glad to have you on the show again today as we talk about the three-legged retirement stool an old adage to talk about the three prongs if you will to uh solid retirement income and we're going to get into that in a minute i think uh, we do like to touch base on the markets uh you know we've Spent a lot of time, John, over the last few months talking about the first half of 2022 and how bad it was. I think we should point out, as we have our first uh, show of August, that those statements are going to look a lot better from July than yep. they did in June. 9%, the S&P 500 was up right. in the month of July. So I think it comes with the, with a lot of smiles, but also a lot of caution. And we're going to have, we do have a fastest four minutes in finance uh, this week on that, as far as this doesn't mean the volatility ends. We may have found the bottom. June may have very well been the bottom of this mega correction that we've had in 2022, but it's not going to be a straight ride to the top by any means from here. No, not at all. And and our our favorite research team, LPL Research, they they clearly are are saying we don't think that there's going to be a recession this year. Mm-hmm. And several other research firms that that I have sampled some of their thought processes, they think that there's not going to be a recession this year. Why? Well, if you take a look, the S&P 500, we've got 70% of the S&P 500 companies reporting earnings growth, and it's now tracking a pretty respectable 6.4% increase year over year and a solid 74% earnings beat rate. If you kind of think about uh, 74% of the companies have beat their estimates on earnings, that doesn't sound like a recession. 
The jobless claims are just almost non-existent, about a 3% unemployment rate. That doesn't sound like a recession. Here's my theory about this. I think that, that you know, obviously we had the anomaly down in COVID, and then we had this whipsaw back in the market, and the market really uh, was driven by all the spending that was going on, both by the government and by consumers trying to catch up. You know, they were trying to to do all these things that they didn't get to do when uh, COVID had them locked down, or they were doing all these things that they said, man, life really is short. And I probably ought to buy that beach house or I, buy, I probably ought to do this thing that I've been thinking about doing my whole life. I need to get on with it. And that kind of elongated the the curve, if you will, or sort of uh, exacerbated the, the spending above normal levels. And what has happened in my own uh, theory is that we have basically returned to the mean or the norm. Yep. And, and I think that if you cut out the, the, the over, you know, zealous market of 2021 and you cut out where we were in 2020, what you will see is this trend upward, not, not, you know, on its way to, to, you know, 12% return or anything of that nature, but a, a good steady trend for the last five years. And I believe that's where we are economically. And it just felt bad because things were so great in 21 that it, when it turns around and goes the other way, that kind of gives us a, a real uh, statement shock, so to speak. I, I think I thought about it this morning, John, and rather than a recession, it's a reset. It, yes. that, that's really more what it feels like to me. And you could make a case that any recession really is a reset. But if you look at the numbers of where we are on in many uh, categories, we're really where we were in 2019, which is where the pandemic, pandemic right before the pandemic began. So I do think you could look at this as a reset. And there may be uh, a recession declared. It has not been. It is. It is officially declared by the National Bureau of Economic Research. They have not done that, even uh, with those two negative quarters of GDP. But even if it uh, does happen, if it does dip, get declared, I like what uh, our friend Brian Westbury says about it from First Trust. He says, "If this is a recession, it's the best recession ever." Well, and and <laughs> here's what I would say: You've lived through a few recessions. Yeah. You've lived through a few recessions, and so have I. And we all came out okay. Right. The economy does go through cycles. It goes through ebbs and flows, and that is good. That is natural. It keeps the economy from overheating. Frankly, I felt like we had an overheating economy in 2021. I thought, you know, when the market just kept going up and up and up, you know, instinctively, I was feeling like, okay, this is probably getting a little bit out of kilter. And mm -hmm. I think all of us did as we saw those account balances go just rocketing skyward. And yeah. and there has to be some sort of a correction or pullback or adjustment or reset, as you call it, Scott. Mm -hmm. I think you're, you're spot on. Well, John, I think you also, you've got the national economy and the, the recession threats, but you've talked about it often about what your own personal economy yep. looks like. And I think if you kind of step back and look at where we're at personally, you know, the jobs are still there. You hit on that point a while ago, and I think that's one of the biggest drivers is that the jobs, if you want a job, you can go find a job right now. Oh, yeah. And and earnings have not been decreased. You know, the wages have not uh, been cut like in gone some. Up. Gone up yeah, they've gone, they've gone up significantly. So, you know, when you step back and look at how is this going to affect most people's personal economies, I think, uh, yes, we may have had a pullback on the market standpoint, but I don't know if we're going to have a real personal economy pullback. Well, 
and I'll not beat my my uh, drum on on what the media does to us mentally about yeah. stuff like this, but I think that is a big factor as well. That you know when you focus on a very short time period and focus on what's going on right now it can distort your perception about things. Yeah, and let me just say this. Chad hasn't been here in almost a year, and what he brought up right there was a perfect segue into where I was going next. Not, It's not the overall economy. It's your personal economy, and that leads us into our content today. And where your personal economy probably has been affected is the inflation side, right? I mean, yeah. inflation running hot at 40-year highs certainly has affected your spending in some way. And if you don't have margin... Uh, in your life, then you may be spending more on goods and be tempted to pull back the reins on what you are contributing to your retirement. And today's show, I think, is a cautionary tale to not do that because we talked about that wobbly three-legged stool, the old phrase that many financial planners once used to describe the three most common sources of retirement income. And again, we talk about it all the time, it's your retirement is essentially an income problem. You have to solve for retirement income. It's not about an asset level, although that is important. It is about your monthly retirement income. And in the past, you had three sources that were pretty counted on. I mean, you have to go back to the pretty distant past. We're talking like now 30, 40 years ago, right? That pretty much everybody had, everybody still has social security. And back then, everybody pretty much had an employee pension from your employer. And then you had personal savings. So two out of the three came from somebody else. You didn't have to do anything about it. The only part of your retirement that was on you was your added savings. And we do still work with lots of clients, guys, that do have pensions in play. They are still out there, but they are certainly not the norm. So when you talk about a couple who comes into our office, if they both have a pension, which we do have clients that both of them have a pension, that's four checks that mm -hmm. they're going to get in retirement. Certainly their asset level does not need to be as high with all those four checks. Their personal savings is built for their extra fund level, right? They're probably going to be able to make ends meet. You take away those two pension checks and you only have social security, which is the norm, which is more often the case. And that's a little bit different story, but do, and I think we know that, you know, we've talked about that. That's so far in the past. Now, I think generations that are in their fifties and sixties and coming up on it, they weren't taught that. Right. Because their parents had the pension. Right. So they know they know now that they've had that 401k access, but do they really know how much they need to utilize that because retirement is on them? Scott, I did, uh, I believe this was an interview with Forbes uh, magazine, uh, the online version of Forbes magazine the other day. And I said, you know, if you've got a pension and a plan, you're doing great. Or if you have either one of those, you're doing great. If you don't have either one of those, you're really up a creek. Yeah. And I think that's very true and very apropos here. The The problem is, is that pensions have disappeared. Pensions have gone away. Unless you work for a very, very large company or unless you work for an entity of the state or federal government, you probably don't have a pension. And if you have a pension in the private sector, that pension is probably not inflation adjusted. Now, yeah. government employees have inflation adjusted pensions. Their, their check is going to go up on a regular basis and, and all of that's good. And you can argue whether you know they ought to have them and the private sector doesn't, all that sort of stuff. That's not for our debate. But obviously a pension creates a foundation or a floor of income that goes along with Social Security. Yes. And also going back to that jobs, you know, people are moving jobs. 
So those pensions yeah. typically come along with longevity yep. at an employer. Yep. And that's where you're going to get the most out of that pension. So in today's market, you're going to see more, you know, you're going to see less and less of those pensions. I'd say in my tenure, now, John, you know, a lot of your clients are a little bit older and, and they've, they've got those pensions, but the clients that we're working with, even, you know, in their fifties and sixties right now, have probably moved jobs more so than what their parents did, creating more of a pension because of that longevity. And, and here's the here's the rub of the pensions disappearing. It's now on you. Right. It's now on you, the investor, to figure this out. A 401k plan is a wonderful thing. There is nothing wrong with a 401k plan if you understand how to use it. If you don't understand how to use it, then it can really you know be a burden to you. And if you think about the fact that no one gets a lot of education about it. No one understands a concept like dollar cost averaging. Why do I know that? Because I I remember in the Great Recession of 2008, people came into the office all the time going, I just stopped putting money in my 401k because it was just it just kept going down, down, down. Hmm. And if you stop and think about the principle of uh, of dollar cost averaging, when the price is going down, 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 it literally helps you in terms of buying more shares when the market is lower so that as the market you know recovers then you actually make out like a bandit for people who did not uh you know follow through with that or buy shares when the market was down what did they do they waited until the market got better and the price was higher so they were able to buy fewer shares in a situation like that. Now, let me say that dollar cost averaging isn't a panacea. It doesn't, it doesn't give you the opportunity to guarantee a profit or prevent a loss, mm-hmm. but it is a strategy for dealing with a down market, the one that you have to stick with through a down market. And oftentimes that takes a lot of guts, but it also takes education. It takes understanding what you're doing with that 401k in order for it to work properly for you. And I think it's also important to point out that there are still pensions out there every day. We see people coming into our offices uh, occasionally that they are still working and there is a pension, but there may not be a pension by the time they reach retirement because the companies are trying to get out from under them and they are offering buyouts of those pensions in lump sum fashion and they come to us asking what their options are and what they should do with that and in most cases that is available to roll over uh, without a tax consequence to an IRA and if you have that we can certainly help you walk through that but again to 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 the point of even the pension it, and you don't have to worry about this if you're in the public sector but in the private sector those pensions are becoming great liabilities for companies and they're trying to get out of them as well well and they are they are and also the interest rate environment that we're in yeah creates a burden on those pensions as well yeah. so you know john we've, we've seen those pensions be affected from year to year for those retirees that do have those pensions whether it be the lump sum option or their payout payout option mm-hmm. that the interest rate environment can can have a huge impact yeah and while rates have come up a little bit rates still are are relatively low comparatively speaking right and when those pensions were set up rates were a lot higher and they didn't have to put as much money into the pension to produce that monthly income right now in this lower interest rate environment 
uh, even with the tick up that we've had in rates since, let's just say, last year sometime, uh, we still are in a relatively low interest rate environment on pensions, and it puts those private sector pensions even more in jeopardy. So again, pointing the arrow as we are in this show towards it's on you to utilize the 401k through your employer to even go outside of that 401k potentially and set up investment accounts to produce your retirement income. The other leg of that stool uh, is social security. Now we know that's still there at least for now. And that's one of the most common questions we get too. is, is, is it even going to be there, particularly from younger clients? So we can walk through that because obviously we've uh, talked about this before on the show as well, but the social security trust fund releases a report every April. Uh, COVID did move that needle just a little bit, but generally speaking, it hangs out between the prediction of 2033 or the year 2034 that the trust fund is okay until then. And you know, not that long ago, it sounded like 2033, 2034 were a long way off. It doesn't seem like that much anymore. That's a decade, right? So what happens if the trust fund uh, is depleted by that year? And that, of course, means nothing changes uh, with legislation, and they cannot pay out current benefits at the rates that they are paying them out now. So what happens? Well, it doesn't mean that Social Security is going away in 2033 or 2034. It does mean that if nothing is done to change things, benefits could be cut. So that's something that is actually on the table. Now, we don't think that will actually come to fruition for one primary reason, and that's the reason that politicians are in existence. They want to get reelected. That's true. And and when you stop and look at what the legislation is actually out there, there is a bill that is making its way through Congress right now. It is called... Uh, Social Security 2100. So thinking about keeping Social Security healthy, you know, for the next 75 or 80 years or whatever the case may be. One of the things that they're talking about doing as far as Social Security is concerned is is changing the CPI uh, index to fit more the elderly uh, expenses as opposed to the general population expenses. The other thing that they are looking at, and this is the big one, is raise, raising, I'll get this out in a minute, raising the wage base. Try to say that three times fast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, raising the wage base on Social Security. Right now, it's about $147,000 is where you don't pay Social Security tax if you make right. more than that. But they're talking about wa- raising that wage base to $400,000. Hmm. So there would be a lot more money come into the system. And they believe just those two tweaks to that program will keep it in good stead through 2100. What does that do? That gets all the baby boomers through Social Security. Yeah. And it allows for Social Security to be maybe not flush with money, but it allows it to be still not in a deficit situation. And what does that mean? A deficit situation for Social Security? Well, it just means all the reserves are gone. Money coming into the system from workers is paying the Social Security recipients today. That cushion is supplementing that right now, and that would restore or make healthy that that Social Security supplement or that cushion for future benefits. Yeah, and when you think about the the raising of that that income limit, that that math can get very tricky because now you've got to go back and look at the credits, you know, previous credits for those that are going into retirement and right. then you know, starting from now until their retirement, what does that look at like on a, you know, indexing that up for their income? So, 
you know, that that's a lot of complicated math. I think the main thing that people need to realize is that it is a source of your retirement income. Yeah. It is going to be there in some form or fashion. Yeah. And you've got to be responsible for making sure you know what it's what it's going to do for you because that it is very complex. There are some changes that could potentially come down the pipeline, but if you've not went to ssa.gov and made your online account and go in and check those statements and make sure your earnings records, that is the biggest thing that if you say, hey, what can I do about it right now? Make sure that your earnings records are, are uh are recorded properly because there has been mistakes on those in the past. Scott, you know the the um the the word from Social Security is that if nothing is done, they would have to cut benefits across the board about twenty percent. Mm-hmm. So you'd have eighty percent of the social security that you're projected to have today in 2033, 2034, if nothing is done. Well, let's stop and think about this for just a second. There is a Social Security pay increase coming in January that's going to be somewhere in the neighborhood probably of 10%. So if, you, if you're looking at how much money you would have today in Social Security, those inflation adjustments are going to, to some degree, offset that increase that are, I'm sorry, that decrease, if that decrease by some unfathomable way uh, happens, I, I just believe this is a way overblown concern by most people. Yeah. And I think the bottom line is, is to Chad's point, Social Security is going to be there in some some fashion. And the flip side of that is that Social Security is always going to have problems because of how it has been expanded over the years. You know, it was intended to be just for the aged worker. Uh, back when life expectancy was even much lower than it is today. And now there are so many different benefits, survivor's benefits and spousal benefits. Uh, there are many avenues that there are income, there's income coming out for people. So it's always going to have problems. So again, back to the arrow that we're pointing here, that it's on you to live the retirement that you want, to be able to live the retirement that you want, because Social Security, you'll get something out of it. But you can't depend on it being your entire retirement. You can't depend on the pension where that three-legged stool has now become a one-legged stool. So how do you make sure you can have a firm footing for your retirement income? It is on you to create the personal savings and the investments and the plan to make that happen. You know, here's some here's some numbers on how woefully we are uh, doing that right now. And we've done it before. We've talked about these numbers before. We know the senior population is skyrocketing. The number of Americans ages 65 and older projected to nearly double from 52 million in 2018 to 95 million by 2060. That's according to the U.S. Census Bureau. America's largest generation is entering retirement and many are unprepared. Listen to this number. 48% of households over 55 have no retirement savings in a workplace plan or an IRA, according to the U.S. Government Accountability Office. This means about half of Americans are at risk of not being able to maintain their pre-retirement standard of living after they stop working. Scott, I, uh, many people that listen to the show hear us talk about LPL, LPL Research, LPL Financial, our broker-dealer. Most people don't really know the size and scope of LPL, and I actually have a point about the the whole planning thing in, sure. in just a second. Uh, just this past week, I had the opportunity to go to LPL's national meeting. It's called Focus. It was held in Denver, 
and there were like 4,000 advisors there, and a lot of the LPL uh, team was there that, uh, you know, runs the, the situation. One of the big themes of focus and one of the big pushes that LPL is putting on right now is getting all the 20,000 advisors that LPL has under its supervision uh, working on financial plans. And working on particularly retirement income planning, they say that there's like 20 to 30 percent of the people out there that actually have a written financial plan. I think the number's 27 percent if you if you do the research on this. Clearly, the nation's largest independent broker dealer is seeing a problem, and they're saying, "Look, we've got to address this problem. We have the tools to address this problem. We've got to get people on board with financial planning." And when it comes to retirement taking account and understanding, learning how to do things like use your 401k and having expertise to construct a retirement income plan is very critical because of this wobbly three-legged stool that we've been talking about. And you think about the way people see that. Because, I mean, again, I said at the beginning of the show that a lot of us know that, right? A lot of us know that there's probably not going to be a lot of sources for retirement income in our retirement. But why do we not act on it? Why do we not act on it with a sense of urgency? And the truth is, is that it's not in our eyesight. It is oftentimes when we're younger, too far down the road for us to be able to visualize effectively. And we just don't think about what retirement's going to be. So let's kind of lay that out as far as the things that you may want to do, uh, you need to have a plan for and build into a retirement income plan, but also the things you can't really expect. Uh, You can't predict how they are going to go when it comes to health care, when it comes, uh, Chad, to long-term care. You know, you may may be not thinking about an overly extravagant retirement and say, I'll just make it on whatever Social Security gives me, but those things are looming too. Another reason to have some assets to provide income sure and there's one thing that's not getting cheaper and that's long-term care yeah and we've we've seen you know many clients are are dealing either with their parents or a loved one right now that's that they're paying you know anywhere from six to eight thousand dollars a month for some type of nursing home care or you know assisted living or even in-home care can be very expensive these days so that is an expense that you've got to plan for in in retirement so Sometimes it's not only just about replacing the amount of income I had pre-retirement, it's also about planning for those additional expenses in retirement. I think how you win this game is you just have to understand that you have to have margin in your life, and part of that margin has to be about stacking up some money when you're no longer able to work. And we are big proponents of this phased retirement and continuing to work past, you know, 60 or 65 or what have you to stay active and all that type of thing. But there is going to come a day very likely in a lot of people's lives that they're not able to do that from a physical standpoint. And you certainly don't want to be cast into the system, if you will, uh, for the government to take care of you in your in your old age, because that's just not an existence that really anybody wants. And so if you have the the foresight to look ahead at other people that have gone before you and you see what's going on as far as retirement is concerned and, and health care and all of that and you're young, then you have to think, okay, how can I live on way less than I make and stack up more money so I have personal 
financial independence in the future. That's really what we're talking about here. Let's talk about the plan and what it should on a very basic level include, because we've talked about that, right? We've talked about, okay, if the three-legged stool is wobbly and you don't have the pension and you're not sure about what Social Security is going to look like and we know that it's on us and maybe I'm throwing some money at a 401k, maybe I'm throwing some money at a Roth IRA, maybe I'm trying to do something, but it's just throwing darts at a dartboard as far as what I'm trying to target. At its most base and simplistic form, a written financial plan should show you clarity on how much do I need to contribute to get to an asset level that gives me a specific monthly income at a certain age that I have chosen to be my retirement. Guys, you know the biggest mistake I see people make all day, every day in 401k plans, simple IRAs and things of that nature. It is somehow they think they're doing okay if they just contribute to get the company match. Mm-hmm. That that somehow in their head has equated to financial independence. And all you've done is really just capture the company match. You really haven't figured out what it's going to take to be financially independent. And I applaud you for doing as much as you're doing, no doubt. I, that's not a criticism. But you have to understand that just because you're doing something good doesn't mean you're doing the best that you can. And I think that involves really doing the math on exactly what you said, Scott, figuring out what that target needs to be, what that monthly income needs to be for you in retirement, and then doing the reverse mathematics to get to, okay, that means I need to save this much today in order to get there. Well, John, and you've you've worked with several clients, and you know that every situation is different. Sure. Yes. Period. In a lot of ways, it's it's almost like a, a husband and a wife that they're doing their separate things, and they're almost planning a vacation, a summer vacation. And we're going to go on summer vacation, but they're planning two different vacations. Yeah. yeah. Right. And they don't really know exactly where they're going to go. And that's really what the planning does is it, it incorporates all the different puzzle pieces. Yeah. Because unless you know what you're doing on this particular piece allows you to make adjustments and decisions on the other piece that it's supposed to fit with. And we've seen that over and over with a lot of clients, especially in blended families. You know, if you're out there and you, you have, you know, recently uh, gotten married and, and you now have a blended family and and you're, you know, there's a lot of times that we see finances come in on, you know, it's his, his money, her money. Mm. And, Yes, and we can work with that and make plans to tailor towards their needs. But in a lot of ways, if you're if you're looking to create a household plan, it needs to be come in and come into one puzzle. And Scott, we've tried to really craft the Gen Wealth Ready to Retire process to make all this complexity that you've just heard about for now on to thirty minutes on this radio show. Try to make it easy. Try to make it a a process by which you can step into and take bite-sized chunks of it on at a time and get through this process. I don't know from a financial standpoint anything that is more critical than working through something like the ready-to-retire process because it does involve a lot of real key points. Yeah, and back to Chad's point about how everyone is different, everyone is unique. You know, that is the the, the thing we fall into, whether it's, hey, I'm just getting the company match, uh, so I must be doing okay. Or if you've ever uh, probably searched for anything retirement-related or even said the word retirement and your phone heard you, you've probably had something pop up about, 
I should have X amount saved by this age, right? There, there are the, all these formulas that are this across the board, one size fits all, that if you're 40 years old, you should have $500,000 saved up. Well, there is not a one size fits all approach. Someone, Your asset level needed for a successful retirement is not the same as your neighbor's asset level for a successful retirement. It is unique to you and you won't know the answer to that, whether your asset level is currently where it needs to be, where it is on, whether it's on track to be where it needs to be when you retire, until you have the written retirement income plan. And oh, by the way, too, the monthly income that comes in that plan needs to be in an investment strategy that can produce it. That's right. That's absolutely right. And as, as Scott has alluded to, the planning is the first tenant of the ready-to-retire process. You've got to create a written plan. Second thing you've got to do is you've got to understand Social Security and understand how, in your case, you can maximize it. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean put it off to age 70 to take it. Sometimes that works. Sometimes that doesn't. But maximizing the benefit from Social Security is an important part of that process. Also, consider that hybrid retirement I talked about a little bit earlier. Hybrid retirement really means part-time work, doing something maybe different than what you've done all these years, but something that generates a little bit of income and that you enjoy. It keeps you uh, physically, mentally, and financially more healthy if you're able to do that. You also have to obviously protect against inflation. The Gen Wealth Ready to Retire process has built into it inflation adjustments so that even if your pension that you have from a private sector isn't being inflated, even if you don't get an increase in Social Security, you're still increasing your overall income over time. So inflation is a, is a huge piece of that. Looking at securing guaranteed income, having that floor, uh, if you don't have a pension, guaranteed income from some sort of uh, guaranteed income product is going to be really very beneficial to you in your retirement income planning. Planning for long-term care, as we previously talked about, is a huge part of what happens after you're no longer able to work or no longer feel like you can uh, uh, just do life without any assistance. And so that's a critical part. And then the last thing is to try to defend against taxes. Later this month, we're going to talk about taxes on on the show, but it is uh, one of those things that scares people to death from a tax standpoint, but they don't really know what to do about it planning is is a big part of that you got me scared to death because we're rolling up on final thoughts here. i'm sorry about that <laughs> chad we'll start with you <laughs> final thoughts it's on you yeah. so you know a one-legged stool if a, a, a guy like me 6'2 255 you know a one-legged <laughs> stool is not going to cut it so it's it's all on you make yeah. your retirement do your savings and uh figure out a plan Scott, retirement can be confusing. I, I can imagine if you just tuned into this show and you didn't know anything about retirement, your head's swimming right mm-hmm. now. What you need is you need a coach. You need someone to come alongside you and act as your guide through this maze of terminology and products and decisions and all of that. You need that coach to very carefully walk you through and create a written retirement income plan that you can base your future income upon. So how do you get started? My final thought is, what are your chances of a successful retirement? Here's how you get started. Find out for free by visiting 15minuteretirement.com. The number one, the number five, and then spell out minuteretirement.com or an even easier way. We talk about it all the time. Text the word checkup to 501-381-5228. Again, 501-381-5228. 
text the word checkup to get your free assessment and find out if you're on track for a successful retirement. And that is all the time we have for this week's Get Ready for the Future show. As always, we thank you for being with us, spending a little time with us, listening to uh, how the three-legged retirement stool is no longer a sufficient way to get retirement income. We will talk to you again next week. Thank you for listening to the Get Ready for the Future show. If you enjoy hearing from the Gen Wealth team every week, make sure and subscribe to the podcast. And you can always find us on social media. Search for Gen Wealth Financial Advisors on Facebook or on Twitter at Gen Wealth FA. The Gen Wealth Financial team is available to you 24 7 at info at getreadyforthefuture.com or call our offices at 866 653 PLAN. That's 866-653-7526. You should personally consult a financial advisor before making any investment, and no strategy can assure success. GenWealth Financial Advisors is an Arkansas-registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial. Member FINRA SIPC. 